Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest. I've been 
Good morning. Welcome to a time of harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us. As we are recording this worship experience, we are still in the midst of our Lenten series dealing with Jesus' words and activities in the upper room. Today we're looking at what happened in Luke chapter 22, where Jesus actually instituted one of the two ordinances of the Baptist Church, the Lord's Supper. We're talking about remembrance. We pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family, and we invite you to your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a Sunday morning worship experience or Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here every Sunday at 8 and 11 for worship. Church school is at 9.45. We're here on Wednesdays at noon and 6.30 for the study of God's Word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, you can also tune in this evening at 6 o'clock p.m. for a closer look our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast. You'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. We have many other opportunities for you to share with us via social media, via YouTube, via iTunes with our Thrive podcast. But the thing that we want most is for you to give us an opportunity to share with you in a live worship experience. So please come by and share with us. You'll be glad that you did. Until we have that opportunity, thank you for being a part of a time of harvest. As we continue our Lenten series from the subject in the upper room, today we want to talk about remembrance. Remembrance. Of all the activities that take place in the upper room, on the night before Jesus suffered and bled and died for our sin, the one that is most memorable, the one that is most notable is the institution of the Lord's Supper. In the Baptist church, the Lord's Supper is one of two ordinances that we observe in memory of Christ, the other being water baptism. What should not be overlooked is the fact that Jesus directly tied the Lord's Supper with the Jewish tradition of Passover. In fact, in many ways, the Lord's Supper may be described as a second Passover. At the conclusion of this worship experience, we will share in the Lord's Supper, and it ought to be uplifting to our hearts. It should not be taken lightly. It should be something that makes us check ourselves on the inside. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 27 that anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. And then he adds, examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. All this reminds us that this is not something we should play with. 
this is one of the identifying marks of our Christian discipleship. For we are reminded when we do this, as often as we do this, we do it in remembrance of him. There's something important in that phrase, do this in remembrance of me. It helps us to understand that the Lord's Supper is as much as anything can be a symbol of Jesus Christ. The Lord's Supper reminds us in a powerful way what Christ did for us and what we must do for others in his name. So come back with me to the upper room and see Jesus with his disciples preparing to share in the Passover meal. Things are rapidly moving toward a climax. In mere hours, Jesus will be hanging on a cross, dying that we might live. But before he suffers at the hands of his accusers, Jesus greatly desires to share in this last Passover meal. Passover was the celebration of what the Lord did for the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. You can read the story in Exodus chapter 11 how the Lord gave instructions to the people through Moses to stay within the walls of their homes and spread lamb's blood on their doorposts so that when the angel of the Lord comes to take the firstborn of the land, he would pass over them and all in the house would be safe. The Lord instructed Moses that a meal should be prepared and that all in the house should share in this special meal. The meal should include certain particular items. The meal should consist of roasted lamb, a lamb without spot or blemish, The lamb symbolized the sacrifice being made to God to atone for man's sin. The meal included unleavened bread, bread without yeast, symbolizing God's providential care and the haste with which his people were to move after Pharaoh let them go. They were to eat bitter herbs, which symbolized the fact that there were long, bitter years of bondage that were about to come to an end. And God decreed that every year his people would come together and share in this special meal to remember where the Lord had brought them from. It was for this Passover observance that Jesus instructed Peter and John to make preparation. When they asked where they should prepare, Jesus said, don't worry about it. 
when you go into the city, there shall a man meet you. It'll be easy for you to spot him because he'll be doing something out of the ordinary. He'll be bearing a pitcher of water, toting water in the common culture of Palestine was considered to be women's work. So a man bearing water would be out of the ordinary. It would make him easy to recognize. And it serves to remind us that Jesus specializes in doing extraordinary things with ordinary circumstances. All we have to do is put it in God's hand. In God's hand, Moses' shepherd's staff constructed a highway through the Red Sea. In God's hand, David's sling brought down the army of the Philistines. In God's hand, Noah's boat became an ark of safety that delivered his family through the flood. And I'm glad that God specializes in doing extraordinary things with ordinary circumstances. Jesus told them, when you see the man bearing the water, follow him into the house that he enters. And once inside, tell the owner of the house, the master needs the guest room where he may eat the Passover with his disciples. And he'll show you a large upper room completely furnished. Shiloh, that's encouraging to me. For it reminds me that the Lord will not send me out to do something without first making provision for my success. Sometimes I feel like I'm all by myself. Sometimes I feel like the harder I try, the worse things seem to get. But in those times, God will speak to my heart. And he'll tell me, don't worry about it. I've already made a way for you. Just hold on a little while longer and I will bring you success. When I feel like I've been defeated, I remember the words of the hymn writer who said, be not dismayed, whate'er be time, God will Take care of you. Jesus is getting ready to die. And before he leaves his disciples, he wants to fulfill all things. In his taking of the Passover meal, Jesus is identifying with the past. But now he's ready to turn his attention 
to the future. Passover symbolized the law of Moses, but Jesus ushered in the law of love. Passover symbolized God above us, but Jesus personified God with us. Passover symbolized what God had done, but Jesus symbolized what the Lord will do. When Passover had done all that it could do, we were still lost and blind. But Jesus came to find the lost. He came to give sight to the blind. He came to take upon himself the penalty for our sin. And for what he was about to do, the Passover could not serve as an adequate symbol. Jesus determined that a new symbol was necessary. A symbol of a second Passover. A symbol of a better Passover. The first Passover identified us with the escape from physical death. But the second Passover identifies us with our escape from spiritual death. And Jesus decided that we need to remember what he is about to do. So when the Passover was complete, the Bible says that Jesus instituted a second meal. He took bread. And when he had blessed it and break it, he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and said, this is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me. And we need to understand today what we are to remember as we approach the Lord's Supper table. First, we need to remember Jesus' suffering. Jesus didn't go to Calvary for himself, but he went for you and for me. They broke his body for you and for me. They whipped his back for you and for me. They struck him and spat on him for you and for me. They mocked him and railed on him for you and for me. They hammered nails into his hands and into his feet 
for you and for me. They pressed a crown of thorns into his brow for you and for me. The Lord's Supper symbolizes the shedding of innocent blood. The Lord's Supper reminds us that salvation is not free, but that Jesus already paid the price. And so as we come to the table today, we ought to come saying, thank you, Jesus, for suffering in my place. Then as we come to the table, we should remember Jesus' love. See, there's a reason why he went to Calvary. There's a reason why he suffered in my place. And that reason is because he loves me. I heard him tell Nicodemus one night, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Church, I don't know about you, but every time I come to the table, I remember that somebody loves me in spite of what folks say about me. Somebody loves me in spite of what folk do to me. Somebody loves me in spite of what circumstances arise in my life. Somebody loves me and I need to know that because that love helps me get through the rough spots of my life. That love helps me to hold on through danger, toil, and snare. That love reminds me that I'm never alone. That love encourages me to keep on keeping on because weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, there's one final thing about coming to the table. We should remember that we have a future beyond this life. I need you to hear me today. Every other symbol in our lives stops on this side. I've got two degrees behind my name. And they're supposed to symbolize that I am educated. But education stops on this side. I've got a little bank account. And that's supposed to symbolize my financial worth. But money can't help me on the other side. 
I serve on two or three boards and I serve with some civic organizations. And some folk will say that symbolizes my standing in the community. But I've learned that that stuff can't help me on the other side. There's only one who's able to help me. There's only one who's able to keep me. There's only one who's able to bring me through. I don't boast about the letters behind my name. I don't boast about what the Lord has blessed me to have. I don't boast about positions that I hold, but I do brag on Jesus. He picked me up. He turned me around. He planted my feet on a solid foundation. He's joy in sorrow. He's hope in despair. He's victory in defeat. He's light in darkness. He's able, 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 able to keep me in times of trouble. Talk about me just as much as you please. When you talk, I go to Jesus. I say, Father, 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 Father. make rough places plain, able to make crooked places straight, able to open doors that men close against you, able, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Let it go, able, able, able. 